Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Hello, everybody. Welcome, you fiery donuts, to Cop On Podcast. I had a wonderful email uh, a couple of weeks ago now from uh, Wayne in New Zealand. Thank you so much, Wayne, for getting in touch. And Wayne wrote, and I quote, in reading W.H. Auden's As I Walked Out One Evening, just now, I came across a passage that seems apt for the aging legs of some of our beloved LFC squad. And the, the passage that he quotes goes like this. But all the clocks in the city began to whir and chime. Oh, let not time deceive you. You cannot conquer time. In the burrows of the nightmare where justice naked is, time watches from the shadow and coughs when you would kiss. In headaches and in worry, vaguely life leaks away and time will have his fancy tomorrow or today. I'm delighted to be joined by Alan, by Nigel, by Karen, who's back after a long hiatus. Well, it's wonderful to have Karen with us. And Spider, Spider LFC is here with us as well. Absolutely brilliant to have you with us the day after. You know, uh, I didn't get any sleep uh, because Liverpool got absolutely thumped, tanked, hammered. And it's it's a sad, sorry state of affairs. Um, Alan, we've been talking about this all season how you know basically we're rubbish if you just go back over the titles of cop on podcast this season we're not 100 percent rubbish we are capable of still being brilliant but we're just not capable of being brilliant over more than like a 25 30 minute period anymore and when we're bad when we're not playing well when we've when we're run out of gas we can just be you know trampled over can't we how are you, Alan? Are you okay? Did you sleep well? I slept horribly. Uh, no, I did not sleep after that performance. I just couldn't sleep. I was just uh, uh, not in a good place. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's not a surprise really, Owen, like you said. Uh, I actually look back at a, one of our older videos there from five months ago this morning just for a bit of refreshment. Uh, and basically, I could just p play you the clips here now and it would describe us last night. It's just the midfield. Just overrun, um, legs gone after 20 minutes. Just it's just a repeat of what we've seen this season. Like you know, um, you know, for me, it's it's a repeat of what we've seen against Brentford, Brighton, Wolves, Forest, Arsenal, Leeds, City, and Man United. They're the teams we've lost to this season. Like, Nottingham Forest. Uh, sorry, uh, I missed them on my list here. Yes, when you read through that list and look at them losses. That just tells you our season. Like, you know, we started off well last night, got two goals, and then just midfield just disappeared. Just same story. <sighs> Not much more you can say, really. Just, yes. just, go back, just go back and look at our early videos and replay them because it's just shocking. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing, Nigel, as well. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. <sighs> It's a very fair assessment, I think, from Alan there. It's just like, you know, it's just same old thing, same old thing. Except this time we came up, up against Real Madrid as opposed to Brentford. Brentford can score three against us. Real could score five and potentially could have had more. Um, Klopp, after the game, he was 
saying we we need to look at the positives from the first half and the, the start was amazing for the first 20 minutes we were brilliant but from then on it was it was a nightmare i don't know what do you think about klopp and his comments did you see it nigel did you read any anything klopp said oh i saw a bit of both mumbling and the kind of lost but i'm going back to what i've been saying i can go back on my appearances on your show and maybe jack's show as well before that we need to switch that system. We're a man shy in the middle. You know, we're we're getting caught. We're getting run through. Um, like what what Alan said, I, I, I was exactly right. Um, we're getting walked over in the middle of the field. Um, somebody said the other night, Henderson has played well the last two games because he hasn't tried to do those little pop passes he's tried to do. But if you look at Modric, 37 years old, he walked around our, our midfield last night. Like... By Te- Bojetic was running around there last night, and you can't blame him. He's 18 years old. But like the, what I was saying earlier on, that comment I made, I had in the in the in the chat earlier on about a more continental approach. The running has to stop. This run, 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 run philosophy has to stop. Look at Modric last night, 37 years old, and it's like he was strolling around the place. There's got to be a more kind of kind of psychological approach about how we play. There's just there's there's too many guys doing too much running and have no legs left after 20 minutes. You know we were gone last night after 20 minutes. We started really really well and then all of a sudden, I I I, I saw some other stuff then this morning. It was blaming Joe Gomez for every goal. Uh, not quite, not quite. Uh, now he could have put the ball in the stand maybe for the second goal, but Ali's trying to be too technical there. He's trying to be too much of an outfield player. Like, the guy was lucky, but you make your look as well. You know, he 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 hits the ball often. But how many times has that happened to us recently that we keep getting caught? You know, we're just, it, it's very, very frustrating watching us suddenly go from being on the front foot to being on our knees, basically. So. Well, there you go. I mean, that's it. We were, we, we were on the front foot and then we were on our knees. I, I mean, I didn't even know if that Vinicius goal, I mean, that the first one, the, the sorry, the, the, the mistake from the second goal, the equalising goal. I I don't even know if that should have played a such a big part in 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 a football match uh, because goalkeepers make howlers and like Thibaut Courtois did and Thierry Henry was saying after the match, Karen, that um, you know Real reacted as a team and that's what good teams do when Courtois made the mistake and they came back in the match and they didn't panic. But I'd be interested to know your your. I mean, you're a very optimistic guy, Karen, and it's absolutely lovely to to have you back because I think we need some of your optimism. But what what I mean, are you optimistic? <laughs> because I can just see, I like, honestly, I've said this a couple of games ago. I'm just hoping we get forty points this season and escape relegation. No, no, no. We we shouldn't think that. Um, we're not a relegation fighting team. No, we've we've been at the top for uh, quite a long time, isn't it? But you know what? I think coming coming back to Allison, he was he was trying to be too smart. And if you just look at the goal again, uh, Vinicius wasn't even interested to press him. He was just there in front of him, making uh, Allison feel his presence there. You know, he he didn't want the ball. He didn't want to do anything with it. He was just there, right? And Allison, being too smart, he made a mistake, thinking he's going to charge onto him. But if you just go back to the goal again, he could have. You know, taking the ball to his left, uh, I think Van Dijk was free. He could have cleared it. He could have done anything with it. But he went back to Gomez, which, uh, you know, which was the mistake. And that led to the goal. So I think uh, sometimes it's good to be smart. But then just try to not be over smart. That would be my take on Alison's uh, error there. But yeah, you know, looking at 
the whole game in general every goal does have an impact on how the game will shape up being 2-0 ahead uh, you know you concede one which was a brilliant goal but again it was a mistake from our defense as well we want to tight you know we gave that space we gave that room for vinicius to fire one in and we all know how quickly he fires a shot so i think we didn't do our homework well you know we shouldn't we shouldn't have given him that much time and space and throughout the game if you notice he kept getting that time that space he kept getting more confident instead of breaking their confidence we just gave him more confidence you know going back to the uh, you know barcelona miracle why didn't they do anything because we didn't allow them to be confident yeah messi was running the show and everything but others were not confident at all they were basically clueless and that gave us an advantage to you know pull off that miracle and the first 20 25 minutes yesterday was like that mm-hmm. you know we were we were playing at that level but then suddenly it just went away and that was vinicius first goal that took but, everything but, 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 why though karen that's the thing like is there a solution because because for me the way i see it is just because our legs have fallen off the legs have fallen off our team and whereas against barcelona we everybody was you know 3 4 5 years younger when was that 2018 something 2019 So everyone was you know a few years younger but now we've got the, pretty much the same players in midfield you know anyway I don't know having Fabinho and Henderson and having even at the back Virgil and Joe Gomez and it's like they can't cover the space because Trent and Robertson continue to to push forward so I mean unless going forward we change our tactics to be more pragmatic as Nigel was saying then we just it's just going to happen every game no karen that, that, uh, because we cannot sustain the intensity no I, i don't think it's about the intensity it's it's about uh you know there's no cover if someone if our full backs are going ahead there's no cover uh, defensively even in the midfield forget midfield because we were just that that whole space was empty for modric to play in so i think it's all about you know making uh, players be at the right position i remember uh, you know thierry henry said in in one of the uh, post match uh, interviews he said the three p's that are very important and one of the p was position so the moment you are going forward whoever has the ball it's very important that the other 10 players are positioned well to recover from you know in case the player loses the ball and that was nowhere to be seen we were all out of place there was no position at all we were after 20 25 minutes it was just like who's where what are we doing here right and that needs to change because so far this season that's what i felt that either we were out of position at every time we lose the ball either we were out of position or we had no idea what to do and that is one of the reasons why i think uh, you know last night i felt when we have the same players playing again and again right we need to change we need to change in every position possible so that we can strengthen the squad again and you know have those glorious five years again yeah very interesting thank you very much karen very good answer um spider spider you're back welcome back to cop on um i'm i'm not going to give you a particular question just just uh, you know feel free to give your opinion on what's already been said although mm-hmm. nigel's put a good comment in our in our little chat here that's live he said we didn't play three up versus barcelona because mo and bobby were injured yes good point nigel uh, and uh, you know and also but sorry spider before i get to okay. gary richards is in the chat tally ho gary he says um uh, you know 
First half, we were good. The second half, we were buggered. Five bloody times. The second half was all Klopp's fault. Um, and then I asked Gary, how, how do you think it was Klopp's fault? And Gary said, by not taking Gomez off uh, and then taking Nunes and, Ga Nunes and Gakpo off. He said, it was, um, Gary said, that was silly. Um, what do you reckon, Spider? What do you reckon to all of it, any of it? I am um, no, I, I agree with Gary there. I, I think taking whatever about taking Gakpo on and bringing um, maybe uh, Bobby on um, or Jota on uh, just initially and just give Nunes some more time. I think because he was an absolute nightmare for Real Madrid, but I think after Nunes went off, Nunes went off. It was uh, that's when we saw kind of the death of any of our creativity, any of our um, our way out uh, to, to get a long ball even going. Uh, you know, Bobby's great at coming back from the the middle of the the, the front line and and receiving the ball and creating space and creating triangle plays and pivots, but uh, but we had no creativity out there. I mean, Jota didn't even really get involved, and it's kind of a big ask for him coming back from injury to take on Real Madrid and take over from what Nunez was doing because he was our best player on the pitch uh, last night. Uh, with regards to some of the goals that we left in, yeah, I know a lot of people are blaming Gomez, but he was he was at fault for a couple of the goals. Uh, last night, especially with the initial Vinicius goal, him and and Trent uh, weren't covering that right hand side. He didn't step in quick enough. He didn't. He just kept showing him into a position where it would just make it easier for him to take a strike on goal, uh, rather than kind of stepping into him and making him go up the outside of him towards the flag. Uh, he allowed him to step in that way. So that that's that's poor as the right sided um, central defender. Um, yeah, his pass was a little bit short to Ali, and Ali, but Ali made the wrong decision in what he was doing. But the initial that shouldn't have initially happened uh, when Bojetic made the second mistake that he, he and I find him a fantastic player. He's been our best player in the last few weeks. Um, but he made the second mistake in a number of um, in games. Uh, one was against Wolves. Uh, when he tried to do the same Tiago turn back, because obviously he's been mentored by Tiago, but he's trying to do that sharp turn backwards, and he could have just laid it off to Trent. And last night he could have just laid it off to Robbo. He didn't do it. He, he got uh, outnumbered, lost the ball, put uh, Gomez under pressure, who then short passed it back to Ali, who then made an even worse um, choice by you know not just laying it off to to Virgil Van Dijk inside him and trying to go for the the, the harder wall, and then you know getting caught by Vinicius again. So. Like there was a number of things that happened last night. We were brilliant for the first 20 to 26 minutes, even when they scored. We were still kind of piling on the pressure a bit. But after that, um, we just ran out of ideas. But mainly, I put it down to the, the substitution of Alaba. Um, I think once he went off, it took Salah completely out of the game because Nacho was just glued to Salah. It pushed him further and further out to the line. And I've been saying it for weeks that Salah trapped out in that line is useless to us. He just he does nothing out there. He doesn't get inside. He's absolutely useless out there. Uh, when we already have two players that can do a pivot out there in in Trent and Hendo, and and anybody else in the midfield that can step up and help him. But Salah being out there just gets in the way, and it, it just creates too much of um, a gauntlet for anybody to get through because they just pile on uh, bodies over on that side. And you know, at, at the moment, it's playing into into the opposition's hand with regards where Salah is positioned. Uh, but I thought he was brilliant the last few weeks when he was playing uh, in the last couple of weeks when he was playing inside, you know, on the edge of that uh, 18 yard box. Um, with regards, I, Fabinho had two different games for me. I thought he was great for that period of time that we were good. 
and then he just got completely lost and uh, by Chetich the game kind of passed him as well the midfield was overrun we should have gone 4-2-3-1 if we were to get anything out of it and I would have taken off the, the midfielder in the middle and and sticking on an extra forward just to kind of put a bit more pressure on him I know because Modric is just finding it too easy in the middle of that pair but I think if we can bypass him with a pass like we did in the first 20 minutes um then you know uh yeah if we can bypass the, the midfield with a pass like we did in the first 20 minutes because that was working when they were playing the high line then you know we could have gotten that kind of gameplay back and maybe maybe salvaged a couple of goals but we didn't and now we've got a mountain to climb just thank goodness that there's no uh away goal rule because we would have been completely out of this <laughs> second leg to be honest with you so only the five away goes yeah um, yeah no i mean very very good answer and i'd, I'd like to talk about a lot of those mm. things uh absolutely uh because it's um yeah i mean i thought by chetic you mentioned i mean he, he looked out of his depth basically outclassed karen has um you know put in the in the chat uh liverpool's last seven results versus real madrid depressing uh so you know brace yourselves uh in the last seven matches we've won zero matches uh we've lost six and drawn one we've only scored four goals in seven matches so i mean you know you can pick your bogey team um uh, by Bayern Munich have Borussia Mönchengladbach as their bogey team, who beat them even last week. But Liverpool have Real Madrid. Jack's here. Jack from Anfield Road TV. Welcome, Jack. Welcome back to Copon. Did you sleep okay last night? Evening, lads, as well. Never one listening. Um, not really. Evening. It feels <laughs> like the evening. Yeah. It's three twenty-two p.m. Yeah, well, it's evening somewhere in the world, mate. It's, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it is um, your turn, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, it's it's. I woke up almost hoping it was a dream, lads, as well. Um, it's that of these are all absolutely spot on. It was frustrating, mate. It's uh, there's cannons, but there it, that is heritage, that is Real Madrid. And I was gonna say, Everton have us as our bogey team, as their bogey team. Like, you know, the levels when we've got Real Madrid as ours, so. Mm. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. We just stopped playing, as the lads have already alluded to. Um, it, it's we got to two 0 and then we just stopped doing what we were doing. Obviously, yes, the lads have mentioned the the finish you know goal, mate. But it was it was almost a case of similar what we done against Newcastle. And yes, they were down to ten men, but we just completely shut down. Um, one aspect I liked when we were two 0 up was the lads have alluded to the play down the right hand side was the doubling up. Obviously, down Alaba's side, down that left-hand side. Henderson and, obviously, Saleh. The goals come from that right-hand channel. And do it overloading the right-hand side. And then, for some bizarre reason, prior to, obviously, Vizinius Junior getting that, uh, the, the first goal for Real last night. But we just, for some bizarre reason, stopped creating chances down that right. And we started off taking our chances, but... I think there was this, it was when we were one nil up the Salah opportunity. I think he tried to beat Thibaut Courtois from post, and I think that needed to go in. Obviously, would have been probably would have done not into the game. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but yeah, disappointing, mate. Just that little sequence, mate. I don't know if you lads picked up on it, but it was. I just don't understand how we can. But it's the story of our season, mate. <laughs> That's frustrating as hell. Yeah. Um... There was, there was, there's too much to talk about, but it's like, ah, oh, I don't know. I kind of want to forget this game. The funny thing is, if you look at some stats, right, the, the, you know, this is, this is a beautiful stat to prove why 
XG is irrelevant in certain games because Real Madrid's XG from last night was 1.66 from nine total shots and they scored five goals. And normally that doesn't happen in XG because normally you're dealing with average players. But when you've got Benzema and Vinicius and all that stuff, like it don't, it's not the same uh, with all due respect, which isn't all that much to Chris Wood. If Chris Wood takes the same shots that Benzema takes, Benzema is going to score five times as, as many as Chris Wood because he's Benzema. He's an amazing player. Um, so we can sort of forget the XG stats. Um, Sofa score I put put up on the screen there. They've had Liverpool as, as posing quite a lot of, of threat. And in terms of big chances, uh, apparently, according to this one, one uh site um liverpool had four to to real madrid's three so we have to be careful not to not to i don't know there are positives i think klopp is right that there are positives but like i said at the top i just don't see us coming out of this season being able to to sustain pressure unless we have a completely new midfield which is impossible because the transfer window is shut i don't know alan um what did i want to talk about what's on my agenda oh yeah jamie carragher jamie carragher said if newcastle had had 11 players they would have come back to 2-2 um because uh, the game against newcastle which we haven't spoken about on on cop on um we were very very dodgy against 10 men um but carragher also said something very interesting he said um, when the defenders get exposed, they can't defend, which is very interesting. He was very scathing um, last night, but I think it was pretty much justified. And this is this something that, that you're worried about, Alan, that the fact that, you know, we have these big holes, you know, the positioning, because Klopp doesn't change his tactics. Um, so the positioning of our fullbacks is really high. So as soon as we lose the ball in an attacking position, as Karen was saying as well, we don't have the cover. We don't have people running back. So the defenders are exposed. And when you have Ibu, like in the Champions League final, it's okay because he's a one-man monster. But Virgil is no longer a monster, Alan. Are you worried about these the, the defence as well as as well as the midfield? Yeah, absolutely. And it's not... You know, Carragher can say some strange things sometimes, but I, I agreed with him last night. Um, apart from saying that Newcastle would have got a 2-2 if there's 11 men, I think they would have bet us um, if they had 11 men. And the, like, like all the lads have great points there, Karen as well there, like about, about you know, when, when Trent goes forward. That's back to our midfield. When Trent bombs forward, two years ago, we had fitter Henderson, fitter players that will run back and cover that position. It's just not happening. And Van Dijk has had an up and down season, but I don't think any defence in the world is going to play brilliant when your midfield has been overrun game after game after game. Like, no matter how good a defender you are, if it's players running to your left, to your right, straight down the middle at you, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to lay in goals. But like you said already, this is not one or two games. This is all the season this is happening. And we again Klopp some some fans think you can't criticize players or, or Klopp and I believe you can. Like to me, Jorgen makes some some mistakes. Like the first subs he brought on last night was forwards, like the lads were saying there, like the spider were saying there and stuff. 
but the whole world could see the midfield was being overran. And he, and he takes off two forwards and puts on two forwards. You know, that's my criticism of Jorgen. He doesn't, he doesn't, like he's like it's already been said, he doesn't change tactics. He doesn't say, right, we're being overrun in midfield. Let's put on an extra midfielder like Nigel was saying, go 4 4 2 for 20 minutes. So when, when basically when the, when the, when your midfield has been overrun, like we've been overrun, it's hard not to um to let in goals. Like Gomez to me, like I said, you know, Spider Man's a great pints there. That ball back to Ali for Gomez was was a bad ball back. The, the Vinicius Junior goal, you know, I think Henderson was a big part to play with that because he seemed to run away from the player and it wasn't just in that instance once or twice in the game Henderson was right beside Junior and then Henderson seemed to run away from him into a position like it was a pre predetermined position when they were attacking you go here and so when you have like that fourth goal in particular if you remember Henderson was kind of coming this way Vinicius was running in towards the box and Henderson all of a sudden went out of the box he, like then, he ran yeah. the wrong way yeah and that left Gomez open. Like Gomez had to step forward quicker then, and you know he, it wasn't just one player. If you know what I mean, it was the whole team seemed to be just as, as if as if they didn't know who Vinicius Junior was. Like we all know who he is. But, um, yeah. I'm going off. I'm going off on a bit of a ramble now. Don't mind, just, no, uh, Alan, you're spot on there, mate. You're spot on. I was just going to add to the point of what you were saying. Like it was that fair goal that done it for me, boys, as well. Like I don't yeah. understand why we defended with a low block from that angle on a free kick. We've all played football as kids or at the lowest levels that you possibly can. But surely, I don't understand why we defended with such a low block. I understand, obviously, the free kick was in a position where it was quite close to the byline. But even still, if the free kick's at an angle, just try and move up a bit. I don't I don't know. But or even, as you mentioned there, Alan, just the positional play was absolutely abysmal. We were all in a line. And I haven't de-analyzed on BT. You just stick two midfielders like at the front post but it was it's been reminiscent i remember the champions league games against chelsea and there were certain games like that with rafa rafa was the expert at that in terms of zonal marking and marking the space but it's what's on there i'm just in relation to that fair goal i don't know how you felt on that one i mean yeah <laughs> it was awful right sorry who are you asking alan yeah what, what, or who are you asking anyone there's alan or anyone really yeah go on alan. yeah i mean that with that nice. free kick you walk away, on. You walk away. Right. Well, uh, <laughs> go on. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, for me, I, I said it straight on, on the live stream last night. I was like, who the hell is marking Milito running in at that post? Nunez was the only person after Gomez ahead of that post, and it was Henderson on the right-hand side that was up there at the edge that should have stepped back as well. But you can't expect Darwin Nunez, who's a, a striker, uh, or even a left-winger, if you want to call him, with the way he's plays at us, but, uh, but he is a striker, to be coming in and playing defensive positions over two centers centre-backs that have played the last five years at least together. I mean, Gomez should have stepped out. Um, there's, we're, regardless... Really free kick as well, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. free kick initially by Super. Gomez. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He gave it away in the first place. But, he, he, uh, oh yeah, so it, even that free kick, yeah. But the... Um, oh man, it was ridiculous. The, the position is when I seen him and he was just like, oh, you can see it in his face before the ball even went past. And I'm just like, right, so you're doing so on America. But if the ball is three feet away from you, and it's going to pass you just stick your head out and get rid of it if you're close enough to do it i mean the zonal american and then there's like stupidity and, and and for me it's just not it's not up to the standard of of liverpool centre-backs to be sitting there and not stepping up when they need to be stepping up regardless of zonal american everybody used to bl blame rafa benitez style of zonal american for losing us a lot of games back in the day but at least you had 
Carragher and Hoopia stepping into headers when they needed to be stepped into, regardless of uh, of his own mark, and they would dive at it. But I'm afraid that like there's no, there's too many questions to be asked of what happened with Joe Gomez. It's just it's like what I'm saying about him less, and I've always I've always been pro Joe Gomez. I'm like giving him a shot. Sh- he's not injury prone. The only reason that he's ever been injured is because he broke he had two broken bones because of of um, Ben Mee and Raheem Sterling injuring him. I said, but he never had like ankle problems or or calf strains or thigh problems or anything that he was always ready he was, he's, he's as ready as Salah is most of the time to play a game but um the issue is now is that if he does something good in the game he dwells on it instantly like he's thinking about it and he completely loses concentration on what he's doing in the game it's like oh my god I just made a great tackle there so he's just like this how do I do the face it's almost like the uh what, what's his name the the actor Lauren and Hardy's son Jesus it's gone out of my head but uh so he's, he's it's like, like, like the face, he's like sorted up by Marty, yeah, I'm brilliant. And then all of a sudden he just gets caught out because he's not thinking about what he's going to do next. He's just dwelling on what he's just done. And, and you could see that it's happening on the pitch. And I'm just like, everybody's kind of asking like, why is this guy losing so much concentrations uh, so easily? It's because he's just done something good and he dwells on it. And then he just doesn't concentrate. And he is good at interceptions. I'll give him that, you know, it's stepping in when the ball is higher up the pitch. But when he's in that box and the ball comes anywhere near him or comes near the byline or anywhere towards the corner flag, he loses the plot completely. He's not. He, he's already in his head thinking about how he's going to clear it and not actually winning the ball in the position that he's in, you know, when, when it's at somebody's feet. Unless he gets in ahead of him first. And then even when he does that, he's just like, oh, yeah, I just did that. And then loses it. And then somebody's going in for a, a tapping across and goal. And it's just, it's not good enough anymore for the Liverpool team. Um, and even Joel Matip coming on, he's had a bad few weeks as well, but he's been great for us throughout the, the, the but seasons. But Virgil too, you know, Virgil's he, a good boy, he, yeah. He was he's been poor this season, really. He's been yeah. poor for months. I mean, I'm, if you look back over Liverpool's results, I mean, the, I'm struggling to think of good performances. They're few and far between. You know, uh, let's. I'll just um, see if I can put, bring that, this up on the screen. I'm going to put it down to, to Virgil is because he he just came back from a huge injury into a season that he just had to play with some of the big longest games in history and not with the same partner all the time. He was always readily available. He was the guy who was playing all the games. And then he had to come into a season where we were knackered with a three-week turnover and then play a World Cup and then do this. I was expecting a drop-off from Virgil. Not this massive, but just uh, some sort of drop-off. But he is the only defender in that back line that I can, I can turn around and say um he's played the majority of those games and like i would have expected some sort of physical or mental drop off from him but uh, especially after like we were so surprised at how well he came back from that injury last season but it's still burnt the motor but i think he's lost a bit of pace over it the injury that's yeah. crept up recently as well because of it and there is there is the point of like you know real madrid apparently mm-hmm. have played more games than we have and they also mm-hmm. had a hugely long se- season last season but then they they don't play they play pragmatic ancelotti ball you know they're playing on the break yeah. all the time they, they they don't need the intensity that we need and when it goes it really goes yeah it's, it's a different league. The results. it's a different league as well you yeah. know it's it's there's that um Nigel, you want to say something? Just, just, just barge in today, boys. Don't be polite and raise just a hand. At, just jump just in look, there. Just looking at the scores there. The last time we played any kind of proper decent football was probably Aston Villa on St Stephen's Day. The day well, we beat yeah. them 3-1. By Chelsea 26th scored, of think, December, there. yeah. 3-1. That's yeah. probably the last day we played any half-decent football. Well, just no, Everton. Them. Everton as well. Gosh. Everton was a good performance. I know Everton are rubbish. It's Shit, the worst we get Everton. four more, we beat them. But uh, we... Well, <laughs> 
I mean, you know, we, you know, that was a, that was a dominant performance. That wasn't a lucky win like we've had a couple of times. Wolves, Wolves in the FA Cup wasn't bad, but again, it's Wolves. They had they were resting some players, but yeah, I, like I remember, I was looking back because I was looking back at the titles of our um, podcasts earlier, and Liverpool three, Southampton one up here uh, on the twelfth of November last year was you know in in all competitions that was our we've had uh one two three four five wins only since the 12th of november that's how bad it's got and we were lucky that day because it was alison becker who was absolutely unbelievable that day to, to to save us against southampton so things you know even back then we were saying we have to be patient and we have to just let this season understand that if we don't sign anyone in january well okay we brought in gakpo but we didn't say we didn't address any of our problems um then you know we're just gonna have to suck it up as a bad season as just one something that is just gonna go badly you know but now we need to think about the the title of this video and where do we go from here so i'm trying to find a, a picture i have oh I'll, I'll bring it up a another time um but i want to bring you bring you in karen uh, so yeah karen what, what would you like to say what would you like to say karen? actually this is more of a question you know at this point mm -hmm. of time what do you think is going to be our idle season i remember this question was asked uh i think several seasons back mm -hmm. where allison scored that wonder goal against west bromwich mm. you, you you were discussing this question quite often so i think it's uh that time of the season again where we reassess our season in in terms of we're out of uh, three cups. Okay, I'm not counting Champions League at the moment. Uh, league cups are down. Uh, Champions League is practically over. So now, what's the what's the ideal season now for us? Top well, four for me. Well, that's it. I mean, top four. But I mean, I think that's a wild dream. I really do. I mean, here we are. I've got the the table up on screen. It, after 22 matches, we've got 35 points. So do Brighton after 22 matches. Ahead of us, with and we've got a game in hand at least, or two games in hand, we've got Fulham, Newcastle, Tottenham, Man United, City and Arsenal. Tottenham are currently in fourth. We're seven points behind them with two games in hand. And you think, ah, well, seven points behind with two games in hand. If we win our two games in hand, then, you know, we're, we're, we're only one point behind top four, which would be crazy. Um, or well, actually, Newcastle also have a game in hand, so we're potentially three points behind. If Newcastle win their game in hand as well, it's a bit complicated. That sorry for the audio listeners, you probably don't know what the heck I'm on about. But basically, if we win our games in hand, we'd be in with a chance. But I don't see it like that. I used to think like that back in the 2000s and you know the 90s, and when we, when we were so close, it's like well, we're only six points behind, and we've got a game in hand. The reason we're six points behind is because we haven't been good enough. And we and the only person who's really been good enough, maybe two people, like you could argue Mo Salah, even though he's drifted out of games, but he's still been very, very good. I think Mo Salah, but especially Alison Becker, without Alison, we would be in the relegation zone. We've been so bad that I'm honestly, I want us to get the extra five points from the next 16 games and I'm going to get frustrated and I'm going to complain, but I'll be just be relieved when we get past 40 points. So my ideal, I want ideally, I want us to absolutely not qualify for the Europa League or the Conference League, because that would just be a distraction. I want to finish this season as the end of the era 
uh, where we're, you know, and I'm going to forget this season as, as something that's not going to define this beautiful squad. But at the end of this season, there'll be the, the big cull, the huge change. And I honestly think top four is is miles out of our our league. I'm sorry. We kind of... We kind of thought the same one in 2021, and then we had no midfield, no backline, and then we had two kids playing in the backline with 18 games to go. We were but that's different. No, it was different. That was different because we had we had we had longer periods where okay, we were rubbish when we lost those mm, six game six home games. games. Home, yeah. But it was different. It was different because we still had Manny, we still had youth, we still had mm. you know that was that was uh, three years ago now, you know, like yeah. two three years ago, whenever it was. But it was years ago anyway. And we've had a sixty four game season since then, and it's uh, you know it's like at the at the top of the show, Wayne brilliantly sent in that thing. The poem from 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 W. H. Jordan, time waits for no one, and you can't just deny. Like lots of people have have been, including the the manager, that the, the rhetoric coming out of his his mouth is like, you know, we have to we have to regain what it is to be us and our, you know, like it's all mental stuff. You know, we have to be resilient and we have to be more aggressive and all this mental stuff, but no one's addressing the physical stuff that we just simply can't do it anymore. It's not a question of the playing kids, but go on, Nigel. Yeah, I think we're not addressing the thing. And I like, like Alan said at the start of the show, we could go back a few months and just re- keep replaying. Well, I'm going to do the same thing. Midfield, there's our problem. The lad said it. It's like we're getting overrun. We're getting swamped. Teams are just coming walking straight through. It's Crystal Palace will try and do the same thing on Saturday evening. They'll try and come walking past our midfield. But just try and slightly switch the system so that they won't be, be walking through three fellas like we were kind of built on a pivot in the middle of the field there's no pivot you can't play a pivot with three players because you're going to be either one side you're going to be shy and then we're coming walking through it like playing harvey elliott out on the right hand side when he's not a right hand sided player you cannot i i, I said it before i'll say it again you cannot cannot play harvey elliott between trent and mo he just gets lost in there like you can play him up front or a little higher or something like that but you, we're going to have to you're going to have to either play one man up front and one behind. You can't. We can't keep playing that three. We're getting cut like, too easily. Yeah, like a four-four-two system, Karen. Yeah, you just you just mentioned you you would be up for a four-four-two as well, Karen. Three-five-one even. Three-five-one. Okay. What would you change, Karen? Yeah, three-five-two would also work, right? Uh, that's three-five-two, Nigel. Not three-five-one. We'll be one man short if you play three-five-one. <laughs> well, yeah, well, three, one's going to get two, sent four, off. Four, he's going to get. He's going to play James Milner. He's going to get sent off every match. That's what we. That's what we played last night. <laughs> I think four-four-two would be an ideal system for us now. I think uh, for the rest of the season, um, probably because we need the extra man in the midfield. That that's the primary reason. The windows off. Uh, we don't have proper midfielders to sustain. Uh, you know. Opposition's midfielders just walking past us, so I think four four two with a holding sort of position. Like, you know, we need we need to change the system instead of just charging forward. Let's just take a step back and build the game up to the point where the opposition thinks that, look, these guys are not going to attack us. Let's just going to attack. That that's going to create spaces for us, and that four four two holding is going to create wonders for us in in those situations. We don't have to score four five goals every game. Two would also do but with the right uh, you know intensity in our, in our approach so, you know because sometimes i feel that we're overdoing it and that's leaving us exposed or we're underdoing it that's also leaving us exposed uh, I, I think Klopp would be the, the better judge for that but he's being too stubborn is what i feel you know he has he 
had a lot of time to change the system. During the game, I know he changes the system a lot, but when things don't work out, you have to go back to the basics. And that's yeah, what I don't see. You don't go back to the basics. Well, yeah. that, that was an interesting thing they were saying in, in the uh, CBS studio last night. And I'll bring you in on this, Alan, as well. But, but uh, Micah Richards was making that exact point that, that at 2-0 up, Liverpool should have changed tactics and they should have you know, realised what they had, or maybe, you know, after after Real had got one back, okay, whatever. But you don't just keep chucking things, you know, you don't stick to the same system if it's not working. I totally agree. That is a brilliant point, Karen. It's the same one that Micah Richards was making. But Cara, Carragher, on, on, he gave the other hand to that, and he was saying, well, yeah, but managers, and Henri as well was, was saying, well, if as a manager, you don't want to change your principles. Um, and I think that's a bit silly, because you have to just adapt to what you have, I I agree with you, Karen. I agree with Micah Richards uh, on that point. Um, but Alan, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, what do you want to say about what, any of this or, or, or all of this in particular? Or yeah, all great points there. Um, like we were caught. It was the game was calling out last night. At two nil up, it was calling out for a bit of calmness, a bit of structure. If you look at Real Madrid when they went ahead, when we were attacking, they were in a four four two blocks. There was no space. Whereas we just kept running at them, leaving gaps. Now, the other thing I've pissed, pissed me off now lately as well is goals from midfield, even shot from midfield. Like just to go back against Newcastle when they had that young goalie in, I don't think we had a shot at him. You know, like according to a small bit of memory that I have, goals from mis- midfield this season. I think Harvey Elliott has scored five in all competitions. I think Carvalho scored three, and he's not getting getting into the team for some reason. And Ox scored one, I, and I actually think he was playing at left forward when he scored that one. Um, somebody might check them stats, but that's the only yeah, goal. I think I right, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, mm-hmm. like Harvey wasn't suited to that position in midfield, but he was trying. He was working hard, and he scored a few goals. Carvalho scored a few goals, and all of a sudden he's just gone. Like, and like you said, when we were. When they came back into the game last night, we just kept going the same way. They set back in their blocks of four, counter-attacked us, went up the field and scored more goals. So, you know, Karen is right there. There was drop sometimes he gets too stuck into his system and won't move it. But we, we can see this, lads. We, we're all ordinary Joe Soaps that play a bit of football, and we can see it. So just something has to change. Like, something... We all love Klopp. We all love his system. We love the way he plays. But... When you're playing the Champions League against a team like Madrid that have that record over you as well, and you go two nil up, you should be you should be holding on to that two nil a bit and then counter attacking, not not running at them all day and then letting them completely overrun you. Then well, it smacks of hubris, doesn't it? Just thinking, well, we're, it's going to work for us in a minute. It's you know we we we're, we're good enough to be able to do this. Whereas you know, time and time again this season, we haven't been good enough, and it's pretty bloody obvious <laughs> to, to us. <laughs> But we're not good enough, but it's clearly not obvious to them because they're not changing it. They're sticking to what they know, and it's just like it's weird the the stubbornness that Karen that Karen was saying earlier. Um, Jack, you on the screen here for for the audio listeners, you won't be, you won't know this, but on the screen I brought up um a graphic that someone made on Twitter, and I'm terribly sorry that I, f- I forgot to make a note of who it was. Um, but someone said these are the players who I would keep 
for next year. Um, Alison in goal, Kelleher as well, if he, if he would like to stay, of course. Um, Alexander-Arnold in defence, Ramsey, Tsimikas, Konate, Van Dijk, Robertson. In the midfield, this person put Elliot there. I would take Elliot out of the midfield graphic. But he said uh, Elliot, Thiago and Bajcetic. So from midfield, he would basically keep Thiago and Bajcetic. And then as attacking players, Diaz, Nunes, Salah, Jota and Gakpo. And Elliot will put him as an attacking player. Um, and, you know, maybe, I don't know, would you add to this list? Maybe Fabio Carvalho? Would you, um, you know, or is that is that a good list for you of, of the ones that we need to keep and we'll sell all the rest, Jack? Yeah, that's, for me, that's spot on. Um, in all honesty, for me, it's, it's where first and foremost, that's half, how many is that? Like half the squad. That's yeah, gone. I don't know how many he's culled, but it's a lot. Yeah. Yes, uh, but I saw exactly what I would do. There were 12, I think, yeah. gone. So and that's so. Then, if that's the case, then we need two center backs, yeah. Um, because we've only got Van Dyke and Konate left. I would agree with that. Get rid of Joe yeah. Gomez and, and, and Joe Matic, two three so, world class midfielders, and that's gonna cost a pretty penny, isn't it? It's well, no, but hang on, on this on this graphic in front of you, if we only keep by Chetich and Tiago. We need we need more. How many midfielders <laughs> yeah. do we need? We need yes. we need we need five. five. Yeah. Because we need we need two for every position. If we're playing a four-three-three, we need six in total. So that's Baitic Tiago plus four, and then one because of the inevitable injuries that happen as well. You just you need seven midfielders if you're playing a four-three-three. So we need two centre backs. Um, five midfielders, unless you're moving Trent to midfield, which is what I'm doing. Are you moving? Uh, Karen's shaking his head. Karen, you're saying I no. You're... I, I wouldn't do that. I know uh, okay. we've, we've talked a lot about moving Trent uh, to the midfield, but um, I think he, even if Trent had played in midfield yesterday, he would still be outrun, uh, probably by Modric. Yes, so but it's, the, it's... The, yeah, sorry, but the argument is that if he's outrunning midfield, then he's got people behind him. He's got a right back behind him, an extra body behind him to cover him. So if you're playing a number six, a new number six who can run, a dynamic number six and a right back, and you've got Trent in the sort of De Bruyne position, Zidane position, then he when he doesn't have to run back, because what I'm worried about with Trent, he does so much running back that it, it's dangerous for his health. To run back because he, he'll get injuries in the end. You want to prolong his career. He's so good on the ball. Make him not run now. Save his legs for the future. I don't know. Yeah. So, I'd, I'd, on, I'd, I'd keep him right back. I think it with Cannon. Um, in terms of it's when when you analyze that squad, mate, and, and I, that's who I'd keep personally for everyone listening to players that Owen mentioned. It's it's gonna cost a lot of money, and we just keep on harping on about it. I'm hoping FSG watched that last night as well. I'm doubting he did, in all honesty, because you look at the strength in the Premier League, you look at the caliber of manager coming into this Premier League now. It's getting absolutely more competitive year on year, and that top four probably will eventually go to a top six if the European bodies have their way. They'll probably vacate or well, create a lot more spaces for Champions League teams. That's the way the, the Champions League's going, um, the new format. And so it's it's going to get so much more difficult. And we know, all every Liverpool fan knows, that the midfield has been very much, for the last four or five years, neglected. The centre-back areas have been massively neglected. Canate, God help him, I swear, if we continue... 
if he continues having injuries, then you're losing another centre half there. So you're needing like what three, four midfield centre halves. And Matip, we've known the injury history with him, even when we signed him before Schalke um, on a free transfer. So the writing's been on the wall for the whole of the club. It's yes, if the if the people and it's understandable when you've got your the people that are making the transfers leaving the football club because they might be giving targets to Jürgen Klopp and the people above them going, sounds, there's about five centre-halves, you can pick four or three out of them. But at the end of the day, if Liverpool aren't going actively searching, wanting them vying to buy these players, same goes. It's not going to be a six-month job. I'm looking at the next 24 months. This isn't going to be changing over the space of 12 months. In all honesty, like well, this is form and it's it's a two year, three year project to rebuild. In all honesty, well, it might. I mean, they might happen. It, might, it depends who we mm. buy. But I mean, you know, if we if we're going to take the scythe to the to the you know to the overgrown lawn uh, that we have in front of us, um, and and cull as many players as are on this graphic, then we're going to need okay. Five midfielders and one right back and two centre backs. Uh, so that's oh blimey, eight players. Um, if you move Trent into midfield, then you're going to need two right backs. Even with, if you keep Ramsey, I mean, he, you've got to play him in gently. We don't know what he'll be like after his operation. And it's I don't know. It's it's absolute surgery. It's open heart surgery. It's it's serious business. It's it's a complete rebuild. It's a rehash. You're getting, uh, you know what's his name? Curiosity Brown, the old gardener from Hampton Court Palace. Uh, you're you're you know that's what you're making from this forest, this wild and overgrown forest that we have before us. Um, but there you go, uh, Karen. You had a question. Yeah, what's the what's the best position for Elliot? Because I think uh, Klopp is not sure. I think he's misusing him. What's the best position for him? In what system? For me, it's 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 um he's he's Salah's position. That's his best position yes. where Salah is, Agreed. and he's um he can't. Uh, I would say that we're asking him to do too much as a young player. We can't blame Elliot for that. We can only we can only blame uh, it, the blame has to go was back to the people that didn't back us up really. So like I'm not an, I've never been an FSG person out. I have been this season. For the first time, because when I see um, blatant disregard for what the team needed, uh, then that only has to come back to the owners and and not back in. I understand that there's a it's a year where they're building on the new uh, stand or whatever it is, but that's no excuse to be, um, you know, forgetting about the team and and back in the team and back in the managers to build the team around them. This situation with Julian Ward throwing his, his toys over the pram because he doesn't like the way people are talking about him online. I, I mean, we know it's hard enough to live up to Michael Edwards and, and how good he was, um, you know, how good he was for us uh, when he was here. But at the end of the day, he left a structured format there that we just had to follow. And if Julian Ward is, if, this, if the people that are stepping up are not capable of stepping up, then they're only going to, they're causing more hassle. This is why they're leaving at the end of the season. And um, and it's just, it's just got, like there's more and more people walking out of the club at the moment um, behind the scenes and we've noticed that over the last six months and even by the end of the season there's supposed to be another 12 or 13 gone as well including Julian Ward so that just goes to show you this is why I'm kind of skeptical about FSG needing funds or if they are and they're culling whoever's in the the, the backroom staff or are, are, you know giving them payoffs or saying like you know uh, we've opportunities for you elsewhere or whatever I, I, I don't know what's going on but 
for me, like the team hasn't been backed. We can't blame Klopp really for that because he can only work with the tools that he has. But yet he's he's still being stubborn by not changing the formation uh, around. So, but maybe that's just naivety in his part because he believes in the players that he has, and maybe they've shown that off the pitch. But when they're on the pitch, they're not doing it. And that's probably the most surprising thing for Klopp. Really, when he's when he's looking at it on the pitch, he's saying, "I can see you doing it off the pitch, and I can see you doing it in training. Why aren't you doing it on the pitch?" And he's been let down in that way by a few average players in the team, and um, uh, that are not showing it in, in in training. But you know, I just think he's he's as dumbfounded as the rest of us as to what's going on for most of the season. But yet, you can see the frustration of him not being backed by the owners as well. So that how well hearted he has to go down on them at the moment. Interesting, Nigel. You wanted to come in, yeah. Totally agree with what Spider said there about uh, Elias. He, that's his position. He, he can't play that position between Trent and uh, Mo. Just doesn't suit him. Um, on about needing players and stuff like that. The reason Thiago was injured has been overplayed. It looked like he was dragging the new man stand behind him for a couple of weeks there. <laughs> you know, it really looked like he was hurt. Yeah, agreed, yeah. And it's it's like that's half the problem. They haven't backed the top in this in the last couple of transfer windows when we it was crying out that we needed particularly midfield players. And he's going around and he's trying to play positions he's not used to. He's it's just it's so it was so frustrating looking at him there the last few weeks before he hadn't got a choice but to leave him out because he couldn't move anymore. You know, our lads are going around. There must be half a minute. Like we're we're dependent. The last last month, the result came in the other day for player of the month, young boy Chetic been outstanding but how long can he keep going like that how many players have we had over the years i know michael owen had it i know gerard had it uh they used to get shin splints and, and pains like grown pains in their legs like how many how how long before that starts happening to some of the younger lads as well because they're pl- just they're simply playing too much good and all as they are but like god almighty it's so frustrating having to look at a, a, a team that we saw like two years ago and even last year playing every game they possibly could another problem but um and then not been backed the big problem is backing yeah i mean you know if we if we were in charge then we would we would certainly sign a ton of players <laughs> regardless uh moving forward in 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 terms of the uh in terms of the next matches uh crystal palace is up next um i'm a wales rugby fan and wales are absolutely awful at rugby and it's wales versus england this weekend and so the likelihood of getting trounced by Real Madrid, getting trounced, Wales getting trounced by England, and then getting trounced by Crystal Palace on a Saturday night. Oh, my Lord. I hope it doesn't happen. But it could well happen. I don't know. Um, Alan, uh, Crystal Palace, uh, you know, whereas last year, the years and years gone by, we'd be looking forward to this with, with uh, you know, not just relish, but the entire burger uh this time it's 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 a lot more there's a lot more trepidation this is sort of you know we're we're walking towards some creepy house in the forest yeah absolutely it's uh there's no team out there now that's, that you can, you can be sure of beating um the way we're playing um i think am i right we drew one one with palace already this season um if i remember right but nigel's nodding i i've got no memories yeah, I think um look, we've seen it we've seen it every game this 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 season so far. We we've had a good game here and there, we think we're back and then the next game we're just we're just crap again. Can't see anything changing. Might there might be a bit of a reaction after losing losing five two. Uh you might get a positive first half and maybe get a goal or two ahead. That's our that's our only hope, I think. But you know, Palace are playing quite well. They're hard to they're hard to beat as well. And 
nobody fears us anymore. That's that's the problem. You know, we used to have teams bet on the, the tunnel. Now now teams are coming out to us and just yeah, we can go at these in the midfield and we can compete with them and we can beat them. So hopefully, like fingers crossed, hopefully we, we get another result. But reputation is just there, isn't it? You just you just haven't got the confidence you had anymore. And great points there about young know, by Chetich, like he's he's a young lad, like and shin splints, things like that can come to players like and and I just said as well about about Thiago. I think we were saying that two weeks ago on the podcast or three weeks ago before he got injured that he was an injury waiting to happen and so we need to look after the few lads we do have in midfield now and not not put too much pressure on them. Like, I don't know. We were supposed to no we were supposed to have that yeah, we were supposed to have this, you know, the um, sports science people uh, exactly. looking after uh, this and preventing injuries. I think we get, we've get we just signed someone else, apparently. I can't remember his name, but someone else is going to look up for that for the future, for, for injury prevention. But uh, Spider, you wanted to come in. Yeah, no, no, it's just a, it's just a part on Crystal Palace because I, I know they were good at the start of the season, as, as Alan was alluded to. But they, but you know they're in kind of a, a in a bad way right now at the moment in in the last. Was, I was just looking over the results as as we were mentioning it there, and um, in their last games, it's a, the last two games are two draws. Then the loss to United before that, a draw with Newcastle before that, a draw with United before that, a loss to Chelsea, a loss to Southampton, uh, destroyed by Spurs, and their only last win. Um, in between that was uh, or at at the start of that was uh, was against Bournemouth who were already you know on the way out. Uh, before that again they lost three 0 to Fulham uh, with a sending off, and uh, you know they, they just had their the pre season or the mid pre season uh, in between that. Uh, but the, the results haven't gone their way since you know since near the start of the season. Um, they all uh, one nil lost to Forest. Um, you know, the, the, the last two good results were 6th of November and the 31st of December. And that was uh, beating West Ham 2-1 and beating Bournemouth. So at the moment, they're in a bit of a, a no-man's land right now. Um, quite a difficult run, though, again. isn't it, Spain? It's it quite is, a yeah. difficult run. You know, Brentford, yeah. uh, Brighton, United twice, Newcastle, mm. uh, Chelsea. I mean, OK, losing to Southampton is unforgivable, even the FA Cup third round. But yeah. uh, yes, no, it was quite, yes, but you're right. It's a very good point. Um, yeah. In their last match, I can bring up their lineup on the screen. Um, if, if they played this team, Spider, how would you feel? They had Guaita in goal, he and Anderson at the back. Uh, you, uh, you Nathaniel know. Klein and Mitchell at full back. Uh, yeah, um, you got Sandy okay, I'm, I'm, and uh, I don't, don't want to. I don't want to look in too much. To, I said it to Jack last night. I'm not looking into that result last night too much. We were, we were naive in in the way we got beat by Real Madrid last night. Uh, we were winning. We were comfortable. We didn't play with our heads after that we were uh, the lads were just having fun on the pitch and it, it came back to bite us to be honest with you um for me um i still think we're in a good bit of form from newcastle and everything although we do leave we do leave chances slipping um it, it is going to be the case of us trying to outscore the opposition and that's only going to happen if Salah, nunez and gakbo are on the pitch and backed up by jota you know coming back into a bit of form and vawi coming on and, and you know creating the pivot plays that he does when we need him to uh but i still that's this is why i still believe in top four this is why i think it's it's just past the halfway point in the season and even to get 10 wins to 11 wins out of these remaining games uh which we which is what's what's left we've got a uh, with 22 players, we've got 16 games left. If we can get the majority of 60% of those in wins, top four is ours 
I, I, I believe. And this is why I believe in it because it, I don't want to sound like it's be, uh, you know, a broken echo when I go back to 21 because I know it's been three years since then. But it's still, we still have Jorgen Klopp as a manager. We still have uh, hungry youths that are, that are coming through as well. Even if we play Carvalho more and let him come into a bit of form, he could be, you know, a turning point in a 4-2-3-1. Uh, I, I, do, I, I do like the idea of a 4-4-2, but I think uh, at a tighter 4-2-3-1 allows for like super um pivot play um in the middle of that park and you know when we're on the attack we're on the attack and when we're on the defense that midfield can drop back into a five-man midfield and it are that those are those three attacking midfielders i should say drop back into a five-man midfield for protection and that's what it needs the, the the midfield and the defense needs protecting from the midfield but the midfield also needs protection from um from just numbers alone and i think that 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 will help us in a four two three one and Klopp is not He's not a stranger to 4 2 3 1 with Dortmund. That's what he used to play with them back in the day. And uh, it worked out a three for like them for those it. two seasons. Uh, but yeah, but I like the optimism, but I just can't see yeah, it, Spider. I, I can't see it's it. Hard. And I understand. I and I, 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 I hope you're right. But just looking at the results that are put up on the screen again, I don't see us suddenly getting 10 wins from the next 11 matches, suddenly turning into champion winning form. We, we, we've been looking at championship mid table form. But there we go. I just like uh, to, you know, as we as we wind up, um, Karen, if you've been listening to this uh, very patiently, I'd be very interested in hearing hearing your views about, uh, you know, basically is the tie over because we've got some wonderful comments coming in the chat. Andrew Quinn is here. He says um, they might have won the game, but mark my words on March the 15th. We will win the war. So Andrew Quinn is not giving up at all. He says we're going to win this. Uh, Diaz should be ready and maybe Ibu will be back. I like it. Um, is the game over? I mean, you know, for me, it's over. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm too, I'm too, I don't know what you call it. Too much of a, uh, too much of a, a pessimist in this context. But I don't know. Karen, what do you think? Um, look. Looking at last night's results, everyone would be, you know, thinking that the tie is over. I think even Klopp has said the same, you know, it's over. But but for me, uh, as optimistic as I sound, I think it's not over until it's over. So we still have 90 more minutes to go. Uh, we can still pull off a miracle, but uh, this time it won't be at Anfield. It will be in Madrid. The last miracle we pulled off was at home after going 3-0 down at, at Barcelona. So it's going to be... Uh, you know, a reverse situation here. We, we've got to pull off a miracle in the opposition turf, which is not easy. But uh, we still have 90 minutes. We still have some games to play before that. So I think uh, all the games before that is going to be our preparation for, for Madrid showdown. So I think we have to look at the next few games, uh, you know, keeping the Madrid game as the target because that is going to set the tone for the rest of the season because by chance if we uh, you know uh, go out of the champions league then at least that momentum will be there for us to carry forward till the rest of the season and you know try to get into the top 4 and you you never know if uh, you know if united slips then we might even have a chance to uh, go into third position but that's just the <laughs> wildest dream i would say you know <laughs> I, I love it. i love the optimism <laughs> would be realistic for sure uh and as, as spidey said i think we have 16 more games to go we have uh you know a lot of points to play for so i think we should we should get uh maximum points and i think we're sorted but that should be the target to get, you know to get maximum points every game um and that is going to also build our mentality you know 
because i think somewhere that's lost we we we're, we're not thinking in terms of finishing games of uh, you know uh, thinking thinking about you know uh, the semi final last season uh, rome uh, not last season uh, liverpool 5 roma 2 at anfield uh, we we we're not the kind of team anymore that plays at, at that level we're not the kind of team that finishes the game of uh, you know at that level so i think we've got to reassess our uh, you know the our tactics and everything and set the tone for the rest of the season that out of 16 games let's try to win the max and get into champions league uh, next season so that we have a summer to rebuild we have a new season uh, you know to be at that level again i like it i like it um yeah uh, great stuff nigel what about you what do you think uh, you know crystal palace next and 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 uh, is the tie over and the top 4 I'm the same as Karan. Karan, I I think uh, I'm always optimistic. I always try to be optimistic. But like you said earlier on, uh, we need to be pragmatic. It simply has to be. If we leave ourselves that open again, especially in midfield against the better teams, like it's already kind of doing it against a Newcastle team that suddenly come into money but haven't changed players, like last week. You got to look at that. That Ali saved us as well. And uh, I think Jack was saying about um, Everton as well, and that we are uh, that we played all right against Everton. We nearly went to goal down before we scored in the first place. So there's no, uh, yeah, optimism always optimistic, but with a little bit of trepidation thrown in as well. If we keep playing like that, we could be in a bit of trouble. But we, if we can switch a system and and play slightly differently, listen, there's not if we play better, there's not too many teams that are going to stand up to that attack. So I just think a, a slight tweak. as in the Everton and the Newcastle games and we've got a chance. Okay, I like it. I like it. Uh okay, uh I mean, you know, I'm just going to bring everyone in on this. Uh, Alan, what about you? Okay, Alan and then Jack and, and we'll, we'll finish up maybe with Spider and But Alan, what do you think? Uh, sorry, Champions League. Uh, no, let's go. We're gone. We're finished. Um you know, like it wasn't nearly four years ago now 2019 against Barcelona. Klopp looked at the players and said because it's you I believe now he's looking at them players in the four years older slower uh, I don't think he believes this time so to me Champions League is gone all we can hope for is to get a half decent result over there and save some face um as for the rest of the season in top 4 I love the optimism I love the positivity but I just don't see it I just I can't see us putting that run together and um, so something like yourself all I'm just happy to get to the 40 point magic mark and see what happens and not go into that european europe league or whatever it is this time but if if we do pull run together I'll be quite happy any kind of win would be lovely wouldn't it i mean we do love that winning feeling but uh, no yeah okay great answer great answer jack what about you you're an optimistic guy you're are you as optimistic as karen are you dreaming of third place um, yes uh, I, i go with the the positivity as well we should we, we we have to boys as well and it's in terms i think the main key point for liverpool is not rushing diaz back but i think diaz very much elevated liverpool's game to a different area we've missed obviously Darwin Nunes very differently comes quite central Diaz stretches teams obviously we see again in the FA Cup final um against Chelsea last season and the big games in which he did have <clears throat> I think getting him back and Ebu as long as we can get them back to full fitness and we're not rushing them back the main big game for Liverpool this season apart from the Manchester City and possibly one or two more the majority of them are at Anfield um and that's a big positive for us 
the big teams have got to play each other as well. So fundamentally, which we haven't done in recent years, if Liverpool pick up like we did last week, uh, I know it was everyone goes it was against Everton, but I think the big points it was yeah the three points are important against Everton, but it was the magnitude of what that result meant because everyone that weekend of football, all the big teams in and around us, even Fulham's and everyone, they all drop points, and that's what we need to do. As long as we start picking up points when we need to be, like every single week for that matter. But we've got the experience, we've got the fan base, we've got the stadium as well, and we've got the amazing away fans that go up and down the country, and even in Europe as well. The, the lads going all the way in Europe. Football, all of us have seen many of the football games, hours and hours upon football. Games can be changed within a matter of seconds, and we've seen that in Liverpool games. We've seen that games Real Madrid have played as well. A red card can completely open that game up for either side. But it puts Real Madrid on the back foot. Funny things have happened anyway. So always look positively, mate. Um, there's enough quality in this team to get top four. And if fundamentally we don't, then it's an absolute utter disgrace, in all honesty, if we don't miss out. If we miss out on top four this season, yes, you can talk about the injuries, but that squad is fully capable, regardless of how poor it has been playing, to very much get top four. And if we don't, then there's going to be, as we've already discussed today, lads, there's going to be a massive re-evaluation from top to bottom well, I'm hoping there will be um, at the football club if we don't achieve at least top four because that was the bare minimum for this season. I yeah, I gave I gave up on it a long time ago. I'm so sorry to be such a such a such a drab, such a dweeb. But uh, I just I gave up on it a long time ago because I just I've just got to play it how you see it. You know, you gotta you gotta pass the ball your way you're facing, and I'm facing my TV screen. And and watching a lot of football, as much football as I can, and there are loads of teams who are better than us, even in the Premier League. And I just don't see it. I do not see it. I think Brentford have been playing better than us, for example. But I don't know. I, I could whinge for hours. Um, Spider, you're going to have the final words on this. Uh, you know, the optimism going forward. And, um, you know, how optimistic are you? I'm, I'm fairly optimistic. Uh, look, I know we're in, in dire straits at the moment. I know... That um, I know that we we're, the midfield issues have have kept us in this kind of position. I think Boychetich has been a breath of fresh air. I thought the game was a bit too big for him last night, but that's Real Madrid, and we have to look at it as it being Real Madrid. I mean, that's Real Madrid. You know, it's not, it's not you know Crystal Palace this Saturday. It's not, you know, I know we've been beaten by lesser teams this this season at our worst when when we weren't playing well. But when we do put a, a game together, we can play, even if it is, um, you know, 70% of the game at, at somewhat of a top level, um, then we're capable of beating anybody. If I look at that top four and I see Newcastle, who are, granted, we're the only team to beat them um, this season, but I still look at them and think, are, are they better than us squad-wise? No. If I look at, you know, Spurs, Spurs tend to do Spursy things in the second half, half of the season, and you can nearly always rely on that. So I, I'm hoping that that kind of goes our way as well. Beating them is 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 a must for the second half. So when we come up against them, um, we've already done it against Newcastle. We've united in a few weeks. There's five games between now and Real Madrid. Five games. Normally it would have been like the following week, but it's five games between now and Real Madrid. And um, you've Palace, Bournemouth, Wolves, uh, United. I, I forget the other one, but it's you're. Uh, you're, you're talking must-win games in these positions. We, we have to use our, our league form that we're in at the moment and take that forward on Saturday. Whatever happened, we still went 2-0 up in Real Madrid 
and then became naive. But we played well. And if we can do that against the Premier League sides for at least 65% of those games, then we get top four. If we don't, and we can only do for 20%, 30%, we, we, we be scraping. I don't want to see that. I don't want to be scraping at Europa League. I don't want to be scraping at... Well, I, I prefer Europa League over the bloody Conference League and all of these wasteful games that we don't need next season. So... You know, it's either for me. It's top four, or just as I, or, or just use your lack of positivity on and just get the forty points and get out of dodge for the season. You know, but that that's the benefit of being mm. like uh, what's the donkey in Winnie the Pooh, Eeyore. Eeyore. Uh, that, that's the that's the benefit of being Eeyore is that your expectations are so low. Mm-hmm. You know, you just expect it to rain every day. That uh, even when it's when it's you know mostly cloudy, it's a bonus. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, 40 points, I'll be delighted. Um, so any final thoughts and and uh, do you have things to plug? Um, Nigel, did I ask you for how positive you are? I think that did I forget? No, I did. Yeah, sorry. It's five guests. But it's too much for my memory to handle. Um, Jack, Anfield Road TV. Tell everybody about Anfield Road TV. Yes. Do post match live stream watch alongs. You can watch back if you want. <laughs> last night's game, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. Just like the last half <laughs> With an hour, the whiskey just... and the gun. <laughs> yeah, you can see me <laughs> hiding underneath the desk, um, like half an hour. Oh, um, but yeah, massive thank you, Owen, for having me on. I did have Owen on the podcast this weekend and the build up show, so really do appreciate you taking the time out, mate, um, to come on. Well, yeah, Anfield Road TV, you can find us on all socials, uh, TikTok, Twitter, a bit of everything, really, Facebook as well. Um, just, yeah, just get involved with all the fans around the world. Very blessed that I've been able to build a community of Reds around, around the world and, and and get on podcasts with you, Owen, and, and meet level, level-minded as well, like every single one is. As I said, we can agree to disagree. That's the beauty of football. He's talking about me. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, you, you man. <laughs> watch our <laughs> post match. <laughs> but, uh, but massive thank you, Owen, uh, and everyone. Have a love. Oh, try and enjoy your weekend, and things will get better. We will. Hopefully. Oh man, believe me. It's it, uh, yeah, good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just believe you because yes, things will get better. No, I think they will. I do. I think they will. And uh, you know, I love, I love the club, and I love all these players as much as I. I've been uh, whinging about them. I do love these guys. Uh, you know, what they've brought me is just the, the joy, all of us. They brought all of us so much joy. But, uh, of course, we can't forget that, can we? Uh, absolutely wonderful. Um, yes, yeah, Spider, what about you? What's going on with your your gaming, your your music, your YouTube channel? Um, what would you like to mention? Um, this well, man. I'm, yeah, I'm busy at the moment. In three weeks' time, we're starting a tour of Germany with the band, so that should be pretty cool. Um, well, it's Munich, it's a Munich festival, so we're playing all around Munich. And um, where can our listeners who listen to to the podcast uh, find out your music? Uh, most of our music videos and stuff are on Facebook. We've got some live stuff on on YouTube, uh, but it's mostly all live recordings. Anything we do is not kind of like pre-recorded or anything. It's all pretty much live, so you'd enjoy it a bit more with the live sound and the, and the live venue sound. So you find us on YouTube at the Hush uh, Band Ireland and. Um, also, we have uh, I have uh, gaming wise. I'm just finishing Hogwarts Legacy on on YouTube on Twitch at Irish Spider Guy. But I'm moving all kind of most of my gaming stuff over to YouTube and Facebook, uh, where you'll find me at Sp- Spider in all of these places. If you go look for it, excellent stuff, Karen. I can't tell you what a delight it's been to have you back. It's absolutely wonderful. It's been way too long. Um, thank you for being such a great guest as ever. Do you have anything? Uh, any final thoughts? Anything you to plug these days? Um, not just a message for all the fans that 
uh, I know we've been uh, poor this season, but it's not over yet. So keep your chin up, uh, believe in Klopp, believe in the lads, and uh, let's spread out some positivity so that we end the season on a high. I love it. See, there you go. What I mean, just brilliant. Yes, okay. I'm going to take that to heart. When you'll be an optimistic person, for sure. Just spend 10 <laughs> minutes with <laughs> Well, exactly. Thank you, Karen. Yeah, very good idea. Okay. Excellent stuff. Um, okay. Anyway, Alan, thank you very much for, for being being uh, being with us. And Nigel as well. Any final thoughts? Are we, are we done? This Asta La Vista, we've done an hour and 25 minutes. It's been a long time. Go Just, on, Nigel. There was, a, there was a, a fan from another team on one of the social media things this morning, and he said that uh, I, was, I, I logged on to uh, the Liverpool sites last night and expecting to see loads of lads going around screaming and screeching, you know, the usual Arsenal <laughs> TV or that little <laughs> Manchester Yeah, Arsenal screaming. TV. Yeah. Yes. Uh, just, and he said what he got was a proper analysis of a poor performance. So I'm just glad to be around a lot of very level-headed people and just stay with the lads and whatever happens, we'll be here to give our opinions on whatever's going on in hopefully a level-headed way. Well, hopefully, I mean, thank you. That's very kind that, that for, of those, you know, to, to remind us that we are not Arsenal Fan TV because uh, we're not. And we're not going to start screaming at, at things and, you know, shouting at, uh, you know, other, you know, people who can't kick a ball where we would like to, them to kick it. We're not going to start shouting and raving because of that. It, it is a bit annoying when you get hammered by Real Madrid. But Andrew Quinn says we are not dead yet, and I love that. And let's let's uh, let's uh, you know take that as a fact, which it is. Uh, you know the 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 odds are against us. The cards are stacked up against us. But maybe it's just a house of cards, and you know one. Uh, you know, deep exhale from Virgil van Dijk and uh, that house of cars can topple down and Liverpool can march through to the second round. Who knows? I mean, the next round, the quarterfinal. But for now, we've got, uh, we've got lots of things to think about. Uh, thank you very much to everybody. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for being here. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. It's been really, really great. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you uh, anon, you know, soon. <laughs>